Welcome to the Roll for Combat Actual Play Podcast, where our intrepid adventurers are playing through the Pathfinder adventure, The Fall of Plaguestone. Join us every week as our daring adventurers face treacherous monsters and deadly obstacles on their quest to save a town from utter destruction. Lead on, listener. Your quest awaits. Last left off. I don't remember. Where did we last leave off? Let me check my notes. Lauren Sieg is playing Prue Frosthammer, the half-orc spirit barbarian. Cade did a little side quest to give deliver swords to a young woman who wanted to learn how to fight. And I scheduled some time, whenever she can, to come let me teach her, also with Prue to teach her, and Brixley, so she can learn multiple styles. Rob Tremarco is playing Cade Thistlerot, the halfling rogue thief. I remember what her last thing was. We told Nala that we would go with her to cleanse the forest, and we're going to leave for that tomorrow, but right now we're on our way back to town to finish up the last of our business there, which means meeting Sir Lauren Kent, giving him back his, his friend's amulet, and asking him questions. Right. And you are also going to meet Pari tonight to do some training. And Elfor was going to meet with Brixley to talk about Kate and Kayleen. And Celeste can talk to Targan, I guess, about family stuff. Uncle Targi. Uncle Targi. Yeah, I should probably break the news to him what we found. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Celeste Carvassalon, the human angelic sorcerer. I don't think it's going to be breaking it. I think he's going to be excited. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I meant. So we'll say you arrive back in town after talking to the the ranger and you know sort of hanging out with her, Nola. So you're back in the inn. We'll say it's dinner time. What are you going to do? Is Sir Lauren Kent in the inn? Yeah, he's right next to Brixley. Drink. Is he already drunk? Uh, he's getting there, yeah. It's hard to tell. You don't know if you've ever seen him. Gotta not get him early. Okay, let me let me scooch on up next to him real quick. Sir Lauren, uh, Sir Lauren Kent, I believe we have something of yours. Oh, Talmor! How are you, my friend? Oh, oh my god. They're after us. They're after us. Did you find them? I'm going to hold up the holy symbol. Ring a bell. He looks at it, and he starts crying. Starts crying and weeping and putting his head in his hands, and he keeps saying he's sorry over and over again. What are you going to (sighs) do? Why don't you tell me about your friend? He's just crying and crying. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's just crying and crying. Do you do anything to console him? I'll I'll pat his back and give him the old, There, there. We found your friend. I think that giving this symbol a good burial might put him to rest. 
he leaps up out of the chair as you put your arm on him and he gives you a big old bear hug and he's crying into your armor and he's like hugging you and saying he's sorry over and over again. Uh, okay. Everyone's everyone's staring at you, by the way. Everyone's like, what's going on over there? Get back to your drinks. Nothing to see here. Everyone goes back to their drinks. And he's 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 just crying and he says, He's like, I'm so sorry I left you there. I'm so sorry. I I I, I saw your I saw your mangled body in the undead horde. And uh, I had to leave you there. I I took I took your holy symbol and fled. I've been running ever since. Uh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. My shame and guilt, so oh, it's haunting me, it's haunting me. Oh, Oh, where'd you find that? What did you do? What did you do? There was a, there was an old house on the other side of town, the one you, the one you'd been seeing your ghosts in. We were able to clear the air and find this bag with his holy symbol in it. Hey, hey, Delma, is there somewhere we can? Is there somewhere we can conduct a burial? She looks over and comes over and sees what's going on. Sees him like hugging you and weeping and. I'm not exactly sure what's going on over here, but uh, looks like uh, looks like he's opening up to you. That's nice. Um, what what do you need to bury? We need to give this holy symbol and the spirits connected to it a proper burial. Huh? Never buried a holy symbol before. Maybe uh, maybe the old church. That seems to be uh, consecrated ground. I would think that'd be a good idea, perhaps. All right. Slash Brixley Kate, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sir Kent over to the church and give this symbol a burial. Y'all enjoy your night. I'll see you later. We'll be here. Come on, Sir Kent. Oh okay. And he's like he's crying and and he, he actually seems not so drunk now for the first time ever. He seems to be just strangely relieved and crying at the same time as he follows you out of the uh of the uh, inn. I'm going to make a real quick stop at the barn and just grab a shovel. Okay. Good idea. So we'll continue. Let's just do yours quickly. So again, it's only like five, ten minutes from here. It's like the old church. And um, as you show up, sure enough, Metamon is there and Metamon recognizes you and you can see he's already been cleaning up the place. It still has a long way to go. But he's uh, busy straightening up and trying to turn the church into a proper establishment. Hey, Metamon, uh, you used to be a preacher, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I used to be. I still am a man of God. That's good. We could, uh, we could use uh, the services of a preacher. We could use some last rites. You think you'd be available to help us with a proper burial? Oh, sure, uh, sure. I haven't done that. He's like. He seems kind of excited. He's like brushing off all the dirt and grime off of uh, his his work clothes because he's been cleaning up this place and he's all dirty. And he's he's like, oh yeah, yes, excellent, excellent. Uh, who will we be burying? Sir Kent, are you ready for this? Sir Kent is like he just nods his head as he's crying. Dear, dear, good, good friend, good sir. Uh, who are you burying? Is it a loved one? Is it someone close to you? I'm just going to let Sir Kent speak. I'm really just here to help him. This is his problem. Kent uh, goes over to Metamon and hands him over the the holy symbol. And 
Metamon seems a little confused at first, but then Kent uh, explains to him how this was his friend who uh, has been haunting him ever since and appears to have no rest from uh, the undead realm. So perhaps by burying the symbol in holy ground, you can once and for all put his soul to rest. And Metamon shakes his head and understands and brings you out around back where there's a small cemetery that hasn't been used in quite some time. I'm just going to stand real close to Sir Kent. Just, I'll be, I'm right there for him, you know? Excellent. Sure enough, you go outside and it's peaceful and quiet and Metamon takes the holy symbol and asks, he finds like sort of a plot and looks at you in your shovel and says, Oh, would you, would you, would you mind just, uh, just uh, digging it up a little bit? Uh, just, just enough that thieves won't get to it. Uh, you don't need to go too deep. All right, I'll dig like, like a post hole, you know? Sure. So you being so strong and the ground being quite fertile since this is turnip country, it's very easy for you to dig a hole in this ground. Soil fears me. That's right. The soil's getting out of your way from your mighty spade. <laughs> you do your intimidating glare against the soil. Jason McDonald is playing Brixley Silverthorn, the gnome champion liberator. I do. How dare this dirt stand against me? And the earthworm frightenedly scours away. Crew <laughs> is disrespectful to dirt. So sure enough, you dig that hole. You dig that hole well. In fact, let's roll for that dig. Let's see if you critically succeed in digging a hole. Oh, great. Just roll this a twenty. This just gives me a chance to critically fail. Or critically succeed. 16! Hey, that's pretty good. That's an excellent hole you've dug. Mighty fine hole. Mighty fine. So with this mighty fine hole, sure enough, he, he has a very simple ceremony where he asks for his friend's soul to be put to rest that he may finally cross over to the other side, meet with his maker, his god, put the holy symbol in the dirt and he covers it up with his hand and strangely you feel and hear almost like a magical release coming from the holy symbol and it seems to have worked and uh, Kent seems to almost get relieved he's almost like a different person although he's still teary-eyed he seems sober and almost at peace with himself at this point I'll give you a few minutes. He thanks Metamon, and he looks at you and says, ah, Thank you, thank you, fierce warrior. You've done me a great service. Come, let's go see your friends. I, I've never felt quite at peace. Maybe you can share some of your favorite stories of Talmar with me. Sure, excellent idea. Let's, let's go back. I, I feel like I owe everyone an apology for being such a burden all this time. Ah, I think nothing of it. And then I'll, I'll head back to the inn with him. As you head back to the inn, he's, of course, telling you little stories. And he seems to realize that you now were not his friend and that he was so overcome with grief of abandoning his friend and leaving him there that he just couldn't see straight. And his drink was his coping mechanism, but hopefully things can be better now and he can become a valued member of the society, maybe continue on his journey. As you get back to the inn, he thanks you all profusely, saying, Thank you so much, so much for helping me put my dear friend to rest. I, I knew what I did was egregious, and I didn't mean anything by it, but obviously it 
prevented him from his final resting place. I, I meant it as respect. I didn't mean for this to happen, but I guess my grief turned this into something it should not have been, but it feels like he's at rest. Please, please, I must offer you a few tokens for my gratitude. And with that, he, uh, he offers you two minor healing potions, and he pulls out a potency crystal talisman as well. He says, please, 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 the adventurers, you'll need these more than I will because my days are over. I will no longer be adventuring or going out and fighting a fight. This isn't necessary, but thank you. We'll put them to good use. And he looks at you and says, Prue, for you, I, I offer you my last remnant of the war at last wall. And he pulls out his sword and he says, I offer you my blade. I'm not going to be needing this anymore as my days of fighting are over. Please, it would honor me if you would use the sword in my stead, as I'm sure you have much more use of it than I will. I hope it's a two-hander. This is a sword of power. And you, you look at it, and sure enough, it's a plus one long sword. What? Okay. Thank you, Sir Kent. I'll do my best to put it to good use. He goes, yes, yes. And you sure enough, you see the rune on it, and it appears to be an epic blade. Maybe not as powerful as your flail, but a fine weapon nonetheless. I looked at everyone else, kind of like, what am I going to do with this? I, uh, you know, hoist a drink and say, cheers to you. Cheers to you both. I'll, I'll hoist a drink at that. Sometimes you, you can't do bludgeoning damage. You do some slashing. I bet you can hold it two-handed, right? Do a little extra damage, right? Sort of a versatile thing? That's bastard swords. Nope. Oh... I don't have shield proficiency either, so I can't, you know, use a shield and go sword and board. We still don't think I have shield proficiency. I'll have to double check. You might. Yeah, yeah I don't think barbarians get it, but I need. To, I really need to double check because that'd be that'd be very useful. Brixley can probably use a plus one longsword. I mean, I could. I get. I you know, rapier's my deity's favorite weapon, but I mean, I could. I certainly could use a sword. Well, that's for you. But I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily take you. You know, kind of your heirloom or whatever. That's. It was a gift to you. Yeah, that's why I feel bad about having no use for it. You can use it. You just choose not to. I think that there isn't a proficiency for shield. You. I think that what I'm thinking of is the feet shield block, and I don't think I have. Yeah. That feet. I'll have to look for that though. Plus two AC is a plus two AC. Yeah. Well, it looks like I'm going to be buying a shield then. Problem is, that's why I took the spell shield. I don't know that I can use this. <laughs> well, if you want it, there it is. Plus one longsword. Now, it's just plus one to hit. It so was very thoughtful. It only was to do 1d8 damage. Not as much as your war flail, but still pretty good. That's a, a fine blade. Now, who wants to take the two minor healing potions so I don't forget? Uh, Brixley should take one, and maybe Celeste, just in case, you know, she has to cast more spells than she has and runs out. Does that mean that we're all holding one, I think? Celeste actually already has one. You have you've had four, now this will be your fifth. Sixth. Fifth and sixth. Because uh, there was actually an extra one that you found back uh, when you killed Halad. He had one, and then you bought three. So each okay. of you have uh, one. 
So there's an go alphabetically, I guess. Brixley. Did I forget to write one down? Because I don't have one written down. Uh, you have one. You you took one. Everyone took one. So yeah, I just forgot to write it down. I guess. So who wants the Brixley can have two. Who wants the second one? Give it to Prue. Okay, I'll take two of them then. I can heal myself. It should be fine. I also don't get nearly as many scrapes as you guys do. And the potency crystal. That's the second one you have now. Who wants that one? Prue already has one. Is this a Kate item? Anyone can use it. What is it? I mean, whoever extra dive damage. Not using this. I mean, whoever uses the sword probably doesn't need one at that point. Well, it it makes it striking. It does plus one and an extra dive damage. Oh, right. The extra dive damage. I forgot about that. I mean, I wouldn't mind holding on to one just in case. Yep. Give it to him. I wouldn't mind. I might get the rune, the weapon potency rune from the longsword transferred. And I can still keep the sword as like, you know, some valuable sentimental treasure. And with that, after you work all that out, Edfer shows up and he sees Brixley. And he's all excited. He's like, oh, Brixley, Brixley, I'm so excited to learn all about Kaden Kaleen. Uh, and he sees you with your, your uh, mead. And he's like, is that is that how we begin? Is that the beginning of our first lesson? How to drink? It never hurts. So the first one's, the first one's on me. Actually, you know what? They're all on me since you're here to share the knowledge of Kaden Oh, Kaleen. excellent, excellent. I can't wait to learn all about him so we could teach the whole town about his teachings. Oh, something else I wanted to tell you. Um, my father, he, he was able to look at Yarun and he has some news on the transferring uh, those, 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 those magic items. Yes, yes. Oh, really? Excellent. Oh, very well, good. Let's, well, let's have a glass first. Oh, of course, of course. And he eagerly takes a, a big gulp. Because he is a dwarf, after all. And he's like, oh, that was refreshing. A nice a nice appetizer, if you will. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. We're not just a bunch of drunkards. We do, have, we do also have a mission in life to, to help, uh, help ourselves and others achieve freedom and, and live, lives of, live lives of our choosing. So it's not just about going out and drinking, though that is one of the pr- fringe benefits. Oh, excellent, excellent. Everything, anything to do with that. But yes, tell me more. Tell me all about how did you how did you first learn about Keenan Keenan? What what attracted you to him? Well, I uh, I grew up in a somewhat rigid uh family and uh came to view law, you know, the 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 formal authority of law as something of a constraining thing and as you know, over time, learning about all, learning about all sorts of religions, but you know, Caden Killeen in particular and his philosophy kind of appealed to me. And so, um, when I had a chance to strike out on my own, I chose to serve the Church of Caden Killeen and become a protector of people's freedoms. Excellent, excellent. Well, why don't you? Why don't we go over in the corner? And oh, wait, so first I'll tell you all about uh, what, what we discovered. My father, he thinks that um, I think the 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 the, the rune stone, he can he could transfer that rune to some of your armor if you wish. He he believes he has enough skill, but he'll need your armor in one full day, and he doesn't need any he doesn't need any materials or anything to get that done. But he feels like that won't be an issue. And then he says, however, the 
the uh, the the cookery, the cookery weapon. He he might be able to transfer it onto another one of your weapons. He'll need the weapon that you want to be transferred to, at least a full day to do the transfer. And he does need three point five gold pieces worth of, uh, uh, of materials to do that transfer. Another option is that he can transfer the uh, the rune from the cookery to a rune stone. That will take at least four days, and uh, he needs three gold pieces uh, of uh, materials to. Tr- to transfer it. Oh, we have that kind of money. Whose uh, whose weapon was going to get the uh, plus from the kukri? I think mine. I think go, that was Cade. You got to go with my short sword. But now I want to do the. <laughs> can we do, do the can long we, sword I'll too? I'll ask him. Can we do a second weapon at the same terms? Yes, yes, I I believe so. If it's the same rune, it'll take the same amount of effort. But it does take a full day to to transfer the rune from one weapon to another, and it does take three and a half gold pieces. Uh, assuming he does it correctly, if there's if there's complications, he might you know waste the materials, uh, or if he does really well, he might be able to do it with less materials. It's it's a little hit or miss. It's it it will be take a little longer though if you want it to be done cheaper. Now, were we going to be going on our mission with the with the hunter tomorrow, or are we can yeah. put that off, or or can we leave weapons behind? But do you guys have enough weapons to make do without? I mean, I got plenty. I can maybe get a loner flail. <laughs> or is there anything in the general store that you could borrow or purchase? That's what I'm saying. Like, I could get a loner weapon. I'm sure Kate could use a loner dagger or something. I I have daggers and a sling, sling stuff. I'm okay. Well, it will take at least a full day, and he can only do one at a time. So it's it's up to you. If you, if you have extra daggers, perhaps... If you give me one dagger, he can work tomorrow. And seeing if you can transfer from the cookery to your dagger, the uh, the rune. Oh, I'll give him my short sword. It does a little more damage, and he can use that. Oh, okay. Dude, you have extras? I do. I have two daggers and a short sword. And probably more daggers. I, don't, I haven't checked everywhere yet. Oh, okay. Um, have, I, have I told you about the uh, Thistle Rot family uh, symbol? It's a, no, no, please tell me. It's a, a two cross daggers in front of uh, three cross daggers. And, well, it's really just a pile of daggers. Oh, that kind of sounds like a dwarf symbol. Only it's a pile of battle axes and warhammers. See, that's, that's how it goes. Well, yes, if you if you give me your weapon, I'll bring it to my father. And then sometime tomorrow, we'll, he'll... I'll let you know what happens, or if you want to come by the church, you can find out if he was successful or not. Excellent. I'll do that. Do we also have a shadow rune or something? Is that what we have? Yeah, yes. we had a shadow yes. rune. The shadow rune, as I said, he, he could transfer that onto your armor, but you'll need to leave your armor, and that also will take at least a full day. Uh, I'll do that. Oh, don't you don't you need your armor? Uh, you'd be surprised. It's, it only gives me a plus one. <laughs> <laughs> How much, okay. is, <laughs> how much is new leather armor? It's like cheap, right? Uh, yeah. Look it up. I'm yeah, not exactly sure. look it up. Keep in mind the quote: "New leather armor in this store is more like padded leather that they use for like farm animals and stuff." You know, it's not exactly the highest quality. Right. It'll get the job done. It's just twenty. They have silver. farm tools, right? What's that? They have farm tools, right? They have a lot of farm tools. They have everything that you would more or less want in a store, except no alchemical items whatsoever. And everything is there a is, sledgehammer? 
yeah, exactly. It would be like the farmer's equivalent. So, like a sledgehammer could be turned into a um, like, like a, a mall, like a mall or something. Exactly. Okay, I'm probably gonna leave the flail and see if I can get the rune transfer and just see if Doma will let me borrow a mall out of the tool shed. A mall? Wow. Okay. I need something two-handed because that's my whole build—is two-handed stuff. So the mall does the same exact damage as the war flail, or is it? No, it's less? it's D12, but it has fewer uh, fewer traits on it. You can use the flail for trips and disarms and stuff. You can't do that with the mall. So the mall is one D12 bludgeoning, I presume. That's right. Okay. I just wanted to make your job that much more difficult. All right. So I uh, I go in the back. I take off my armor. And I get my short sword and I wrap it up all nice and I hand it over and I'm I'm just I'm just you know I'm I have real regular clothes you know I'm not gonna buy extra armor I'm pretty good I'm good I've practiced with fighting while not wearing armor for the most part of my life I have not worn armor when I fought only when I got some money did I get some armor. Okay, so let me if I got this straight. He's like whipping out like a little notebook paper. It's it's like it's like it's like he's ordering in um, like a, a restaurant. He's like, I have one plus one long sword to a war flail. I have one plus one cookery to a short sword, and I have a shadow rune to leather armor. Is there anything else you would like with your meal? Let me get a side of fries with that too. Excellent, excellent. Does Caden Kalin does he approve of fries? Ken Killeen loves fries, but he's also partial to, partial to chicken wings. Me too. Wow, I'm going to love this new god. How much to embroider Bricks It Up on Brixley's uh, tabard? Bricks It Up? That's wonderful. Maybe that could be the motto for the church. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Save your venerations for Caden Killeen, not me. I'm just his servant. Sure. And he gives you a big old wink. And he whispers over to uh, to Kate. He's like, "We'll make T-shirts with the, those words on it. We'll like sell them in the in the in the church gift shop." <laughs> yes, please. Yes. On the other hand, Brixley's saying the right stuff, but secretly he's probably a little pleased. He is trying to make a you know make a name for himself and all. So a small statue of him would be just fine. And Caden wouldn't really mind, would he? He'd want you to enjoy this. It would be about, you know, the freedom to have a statue of yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's living your best life. <laughs> Ed Four, although, quote, a kid, has a long beard and long hair and looks like he's older than all of you. Oh, dwarves. I mean, that sounds about right. I'm prepared to, I'm prepared to overlook that inconsistency, but that's fine. Is his beard more impressive than mine? Well, since you have a foppish little goatee, I was going to say, is it is it? Be, does, did he bedazzle his beard like I did? No, but he does have some impressive jewelry in his beard, although simple, but you know, more to keep his braids intact. But he's no oompa loompa like you. Well, in our advanced lessons, we'll get into more fashionable beard design. Oh, excellent, excellent. Yes, I would definitely like to uh, make my beard uh, in the Caden Kalin style, if you will. Only if you want to, though. I see. All about what's right for you. I see. Caden Kalin is a, he's a wonderful guy. He, he's all about your comfort. He, he trusts us. He trusts us to do what we're going to do. Excellent, excellent. 
So you two can go off in the corner talking all about Kim Kalin, and then you see poking into the the uh, inn is you see Pari, and she's looking at you, Kate, and psst, psst, I got the weapons. Are we training? Yeah, let's do it. Wait, uh, Prue, come. I want you to meet. I want you to meet somebody. All right. We both come out into the, like you know the backyard or wherever. There's like space that isn't in front of the inn, you know. Oh, the barn. Oh, this is the young lady you were telling me about. Yes, it was. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, look at you. And she's looking at Prue, and she's like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Ha, that's pretty nice. You sure do. I hope for you that you can grow up into something a little bit better. Oh, no. Look at that. And she looks at your, like, massive war flail, and she's like, that thing's bigger than me. <laughs> you want to hold it? No, I can't. It's way too, way too, way too heavy for me. She's like, and she pulls out her little training sword. Just, she's like, this is more my style. I want to learn how to use like short swords and daggers. I want to be sneaky like Cade. Huh. Well, you came to the right person, I think. And uh, not for nothing, but the fighting spirit is something that every warrior has. Prue has it. I have several that. fighting spirits. She, uh, to be literal, <laughs> that, is, that is for sure. <laughs> They're not done. Celeste has it. We all have it. A warrior isn't just someone who uses a dagger or a knife or a flail. It's someone who does the right thing when they have to and when they should. It's about knowing what you got to do, about recognizing that you're afraid, but doing it anyway. And she looks at uh, Kate and says, where's your armor? Is that the first lesson uh, that you just need to fight freely? Correct. You don't have to. You don't always have access to all the equipment you you want. When I learned to fight, I didn't have anything except a knife. And your bare wits, right? That's right. I'm I'm I envy your position. You're making a choice to do this. I didn't have one and I I got lucky and I'm still alive. I wish I had a choice to fight and I learned from the right people. But you you well, do Well, that's what's gonna make you such a good teacher. Alright, well let's get to it. Two things. First, Brixley. Give me a religion check to see how well you teach your teachings. Hmm. Go, go, go. Yes! 21. So Edfer is totally bedazzled and has like, he just is like hanging on your every word as you are. I have a disciple. You have a <laughs> disciple. You literally are teaching him the ways of King Kalin. He is so excited, and you you really are getting to him, and he wants to learn. He's taking notes, and he's he's really, really excited, and he's doing everything in his power, and he's talking about how he's going to put the holy symbol on all of his weapons and armor, and yeah, he's, he's really excited, and um, he's going to go back and help clean up the church, and uh, yeah, yeah, you're well on your way of teaching him. Excellent. So that he may teach others. Exactly. Now, it's going to take a while. This is probably going to take a couple of weeks. This is only the first step. But obviously, after such a positive result, probably worth your time. And Cade and Prue, you can roll either attack roll or lore or crafting. Any of those to sort of train her in your fighting styles. Uh, only if Cade wants me to. This is his disciple. Oh, no, I... She needs to learn uh, from as many warriors as possible, especially you. 
You know, you're you're someone she can literally look up to. Okay, I'll make an attack roll then. You can just roll a d20 and we'll add your plus. It's too late. I submit an attack at the ground. Attacking the ground. Attack the ground. You attack that ground and roll a 24. Kate attacks the ground and only a 14. But still pretty good. Still pretty good. But Prue? They don't call Prue the spirit barbarian (laughs) for nothing. Forgot what you were for a second. Just go with the Dread Knight. They don't call Prue the Dread Knight for nothing. Really? The Dread Knight? That is awesome! I'm gonna That's what I made the character to be. Oh, that is awesome. Dread Knight. Prue Dread Knight Frosthammer. Please, Frosthammer was my father's name. Someone's getting a new introduction. I don't know about that. Anyhow, (laughs) so she's definitely learning. She's super excited. She gives you both big hugs and kisses and She's like, you'll be here tomorrow, right? Same time, same place. How old is she? She's like 16. Very human. Yeah, I'll be here. I mean, unless we're busy. Um, I'll leave a note if we are. So, again, it looks like it'll take a couple of weeks, but you're well on your way to get her into level one fighter, perhaps. Perhaps. Hmm. Mm, Look at that. Might have a new party member, even. Oh, God. I don't want to endanger children. Do they have leadership in Pathfinder 2? No, God, thank God there's not. <laughs> Let's see. Celeste, you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, Celeste is going to take her combination of the uh, the old ledger that they found and hers and Brixley's notes that she wrote down in her journal. And she's going to go uh, find the mayor. Well, he's where he usually is, half eating and half sleeping. Near the uh, near the bard, and he looks over and sees you, and his eyes light up. He's like, "Oh, there she is! There she is! Did you find anything?" Uh, well, I sure did. Uh, so we checked out the house, and hidden uh, in behind some of the stonework uh, was this old book. And now Brixley and I, we know quite a bit about genealogy and heraldry and things, and we look through it. And we found some really interesting things. Now, it gets a little complicated, so I can I can walk you through it if you want. But suffice to say, we're distant relatives. I knew it. I knew it. And he, he calls over Delma. He says, I see Delma. She can be your sister. I knew it. I knew it. And he's all excited. And he's he's calling over to everybody. He says, see this, see this, see this lovely lady. She's, she's my relative. She's one of my relatives. And everyone's like, hurrah. And everyone's actually doing a cheer because everyone seems to be kind of excited that uh, another <laughs> member has now joined them at Etrin's Folly. Yay! Yay! Population increased by one, right? Oh no. That means I can never leave ever again. Etrin's Folly. Once you come here, you can never leave. <laughs> Welcome to the Hotel Atrans Folly. And uh, more than that, I was wondering if you could take a look at something for me. Along with the book was oh, this... What? Oh, oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Along with the book was this really strange amulet that has, well, my family's name on it and a crest that's very similar to the one we use today. And she reaches down and pulls the chain around her neck and produces the uh the amulet she found uh she removes the clasp and hands it to him do you have any idea 
about the history of this particular piece? Oh, oh, he's like looking at it over and he's like reads to the back and goes, that's your name. Ah, that makes sense. I heard rumors when I was a kid that Etran had a mysterious and he's he's looking around. He says, are you sure you want to know this? This is this is kind of some dark stuff. Um, maybe we should go sit back in the in the booth in the corner. And she'll wheel him back to one of the sort of shadowy booths in the corner and and make sure no one's overhearing. Uh, okay, what is it that you wanted to tell me? Shadowy booth for shadowy things. He says, well, I, I heard rumors that this amulet allowed the certain members of the family to call forth a, a creature that would have to answer the summons. And that he owed an eternal debt to our family. And that he would benefit you in certain ways. I'm not exactly sure what this creature would say or do. But I heard that he could be a great blessing or a great curse. You need to be very careful with him. But he was bound to our family forever. Interesting. You wouldn't, you wouldn't happen to know how to perform such an act, would you? How to, how to summon him forth? Mm, no, no, I, 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 I never got into that magic hokey pokey stuff, but I believe it would be some ritual of some sort, something to call forth spirits. Again, this was this was rumor. This was something my parents would tell me to put me to sleep when I was a kid. That uh, that uh, uh, the Carvassalon demon would come for you, things like that. But again, I I just thought it was some silly story. The de- demon. Like, like a real demon? Oh, again, I told you this is dark stuff. This is supposedly some shadowy entry. Uh, whether it's a demon or a devil or some other creature, I'm not sure. But something you can only summon through a ritual? That can't be good. I suppose it could be good. Hmm. Well, I, I think I've worked out most of it, but I was hoping that you had some details. I suppose I'll have to see what I can find. If I do decide to summon forth this creature, w- would you want to be there? Well, yes, of course. I'm old, hmm. but I'm not scared of any demons or devils. Plus, you know, we're family relatives, supposedly. I'm sure he wouldn't want my soul. No, he wouldn't <laughs> want my soul. No, maybe your soul. You're young. Yeah, he wouldn't want my soul. He doesn't like old souls. He's like talking to himself, thinking it through. Like, oh, no, no. Do demons really have souls? Where's that devils? Don't get those two confused. Well, uh, anyhow. Uncle Falsty, Uncle Falsty, does Delma know anything about this? Well, don't know. Tell her. You can ask her. I could? Okay. I wanted to make sure it was okay with you. I didn't know if it was something you were keeping as a secret on purpose. Well, it's just an amulet with your name on it. It's, uh, it's an old wives' tale. I, I doubt anything will come of it. Again, there's no magic in my side of the family. You know, it's like, I'm just into... Uh, running the town and trying to keep everyone alive back when things were good. Now we're just trying to keep the town together after that witch killed everyone. Right, the, the witch. Um, okay, well, I'll do a little research and see what I can do to get this going, and I'll, I'll let you know. I'm going to talk to Delma a bit and see what she knows about all this, okay? Oh, well, all right. Sure, sure. We, we need to talk. Uh, 
you need to tell me everything you found in that book. My eyes aren't so good right now, and, and the type there looks awfully small. So I want to hear all about the genealogy of, uh, uh, of everything that you found, and who, who and what and where. And Am I in the book? I must be. Oh, no, I was probably just a little baby when this book was written. Uh, or maybe even that. Probably my parents are in there. Oh, yeah, from, like from what you told me, dog. your parents are in here. See, if we go back to page 74, and she starts flipping through and explaining to him all the complicated genealogies, trying to make it something that he could understand uh, as we sort of trace back the family tree on both of our sides to where there's a commonality. Yes, yes, and he promptly falls asleep. Uh, and as soon as he does so, I was hoping for that, actually. Uh, as soon as he does so, uh, Celeste is going and trying to sneak out of the booth without waking him up so she can go talk to Delma. All right, so Celeste is going to sneak over and find Delma, hopefully when she's not too busy with any other clients, and uh, see if she can catch her ear for a bit. Sure, I mean, she's running the place and, like, tending bar, but... Always has time for you, hon. <laughs> Thanks, Delma. I was just talking with your father, and I have found out that we are very distantly related. I think he was coming over and shouting that at you, if you remember. Yes, yes, I heard all about that, hon. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I, I almost can't believe it, to be honest. It was something he talked about, but, you know, he's got a little bit of the dementia now. Are, are you sure we're related? If, I mean, I don't mean to disrespect you or anything, but it seems kind of far-fetched that you just magically showed up and then suddenly we're cousins? Well, it, it does seem strange to me. I, I certainly didn't believe it at first when he mentioned it, but when I went over to Etrin's old manor and, and poked around, well, I... We found this old book, which I'll show her the book. Um, we found this old book hidden in one of the in the stonework over there. And uh, and Brixley and I looked over it and we used our various expertise in genealogy and heraldry and well we we found a link. It's it's distant, you know, third cousins twice removed, I don't know, something like that. I got confused myself. But there uh, there is a distant familial link. Huh. She's uh, she's she's surprised. She's like I can't believe my father was right about something. Oh, I didn't really mean it like that. I meant that. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, you understand. You know what I oh, mean. Oh, I an understand. Old man. <laughs> he's an old man, and and you know he's 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 only right twice a day. You know, twelve o'clock and at midnight, and that's it. Oh well, maybe he's wrong about this other thing he said then. So, as you know, my last name is Carvassalon. Have you heard any mm, rumors about the Carvassalons, perhaps? Hmm. She looks around and she's like, yes, nothing good, I'm afraid. Although I thought, you know, your name, well, I didn't really want to say anything. I thought it would be rude, but now you bring it up. Why? What do you, what do you want to know? Well... There was one other thing with the book, and she reaches into her pocket where she had stored the amulet, and she presents it sort of uh, on the sly. She says, this was found as well, and if you take a look, it, it bears my family's name. Oh, yes, yes. She's like, well, I heard that there was different family trees, that there was one, one root of the tree structure was filled with magic users and people who can use sorcery and they came to their powers by a deal with a, a devil supposedly you can call him as some shadowy figure and he would exchange uh, favors for powers but no one in our family had powers i thought that was just some wise tale some something people talked about and maybe you know something that they used to keep uh, 
you know, the the fiefdom in power, keep the keep the serfs in uh, in line. Uh, but why is 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 this this is true? You think? Well, I've examined it, and it does appear to have some fairly potent magical energy and things that are, are in line with summoning such a creature. Although I can't tell if it would be a devil or a demon or perhaps an angel. I know that there's a lot of superstitious talk around it, but perhaps it's a, a beneficial deity or a beneficial creature. Maybe it's, as I said, maybe it's an angel or an archon or a deva or something like that. I think it's worth looking into, don't you? She's like, oh, oh. she puts her hands up. She's like, oh, that's that's for you. Uh, I'm not I'm not into the magics. You know, I'm just trying to run it in. I'm I'm pretty curious about the world, but that sounds out of my uh, out of my league. But um, sure, sure. If you if you feel comfortable with uh, uh, talking with uh, angels and demons, uh, by all means, I guess I guess you really are a Carvassalot. <laughs> I suppose. So I don't suppose you'd be interested in trying to figure out how this thing works? She sort of puts a smirk on her face and she's like, well, I didn't say I wasn't interested. She's like, hmm, what what could be the worst thing that happens? I mean, this place has already been half destroyed by a plague and Bort's been killed. Uh, I can't have three bad things happen to us in a row, could there? <laughs> well, they do say things come in threes. Well, I'm going to hold on to it for now, do a little studying, and, and maybe talk to some of my companions about it. They might have an idea of what this thing does or how to activate it. And when I think I'm ready, well, I'll let you and your father know if you want to participate. Oh, okay, okay. Well, be careful. And uh, uh, she looks around. She's like, you might want to experiment with that thing out of town. I don't think we could really afford any more dead people. Not that I don't trust you or anything, but, you know... Them demons, you know, they're known for mischief, and Lord only knows what would happen if uh, one got loose in the town. Oh, I agree. I, I wouldn't do it here, certainly. Somewhere safe, somewhere out of the way. I have a couple ideas in mind, but we'll see where the magic is most receptive. Like the barn. No, not the barn. The animals are <laughs> susceptible to magic. <laughs> I was actually thinking the cold cellar. We'll just go downstairs, summon a demon, it'll be fine. Oh, you're the death of me, girl. <laughs> no, I've got a couple ideas. There was out where Hallid was hiding out that, that hollowed tree. That sounds like a pretty good idea. Then there's supposed to be another sort of stump or hollow in the forest. That might be interesting. There's a lot of good options. Yes, yes. So out in the forest. That sounds like a, an excellent idea. Of a, somewhere safe, somewhere. Um, well, we could talk about that later, but uh, I'd be I'd be awfully careful with that if I were you. And... Uh, well, you know best. You, you seem to be one with magic, from what I know. Well, I, I, I do have a talent for it. Carvassalon and all, I suppose. Yes, but be careful, because if some creature gave you your magic powers, creature could always take them away. That isn't necessarily a bad thing. But something to think about, sure. Sure, sure. She's like, well... You take care, and she's like seeing people are like getting rowdy, and she's like, "Oh, I better take care of things." There hasn't been a fight since, uh, well, since Bort's killed, but now people are getting used to the the inn again. I want to make sure that uh, uh, we go one week without a fight. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I'll see if I can calm their nerves then. And she pulls out her ocarina and prepares to play. Ooh, she's like, "Oh, excellent idea, excellent idea." All right, 
Let's see. Parry's been trained. Edvard has been extolled the teachings of Cain and Kalin through song and mead. Celeste is singing and Prue is pruing. Nobody proves better. So with that, are you going to rest, relax, and get ready for the morning? Relax. Relax. I think think that's in order. Sure. Turn up and chill. That's bad. (laughs) That's real bad. Yeah, let's just uh, rest for the night, and I guess we're supposed to head into the woods tomorrow and try to find that other hollow log, hollow stump. Okay, well, let's see. Everyone's back to full on their hit points. You get all your spells back. I'm going to submit an update to my armor class because I notice it's not in on the sheet. What's Why? What do you mean? What's your armor class? Uh, my armor went up by one uh, when we upgraded to the scale mail. Not that, you know, we're going to get in any fights on the next day or anything. That would never happen. All right. So AC is 19 and then with a shield, it's 20. Yes. Woo. And then... Cade goes down to an 18. 18. Because he's running around buck naked. I have clothes that are skimpy, but still clothes. Still higher than mine. Are you running around like in a bed sheet? Like just like. No, uh... I have clothes. I have like adventurer's clothes, like a, you know, cool shirt, cool a pants. Cool shirt. Cool like pants. Breezy, like a, you know, like a, like a swashbuckler piratey shirt. You look like Brixley? No, I'm not. I think it's not a red one with rhinestones on it. It's just like a, like an off-white with the little strings and X's, you know. It's too late. You're wearing Brixley's shirt. <laughs> hey, Brixley, could I borrow one of your shirts? Oh, my God. Hey, look at just, this. This just got <laughs> a little weird. You are the same size. I have my own clothes, but, you know, I mean, if Brixley can spare... Some multicolored explosion of light co- shirt. I'll wear it. I may just have something like that. What What is your colors of your wardrobe, Brixley? It's I see you have bright green that goes with your purple it hair. Tends to be kind of a stock. spring, a spring, pa- uh, you know, palette. Kind of like lots of green and yellow, festive, perhaps even foppish. Perhaps I just have a simple poofy shirt with some. Poofy pants. Not like, good. Not good colors for sneaking around. Well, the green's no, I, not too bad, but I I will wear. I have muted colors and I have a hooded cloak. I'm good. He's good. Okay, she shows up at first light. You guys are all rubbing your eyes. Kate is Christmas tree bright. Brixley's is foppish self waxing his mustache. Prue is like trying out her new warhammer flail thing. Celeste is thinking. Deep thoughts. Nola's like, you ready? I'm ready. Ready. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various role-playing games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and other social media platforms. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that you're not the first person to yell, Free Bird! at the Bard. <laughs>